Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda, the date-focused note-taking app for iPad, iPhone, and Mac. Learn more at agenda.com. But many of the new APIs are kind of centered around the, the visual appearance of a widget. Generally, widgets, as we're seeing it both with Scriptable, but also Widget Smith, which is hugely popular as we are recording this, and other apps, is really about personalization and tweaking the home screen to look as you want it to. And that's kind of what I want to tap into with, with Scriptable and the new APIs. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. My sincere thanks to return sponsor Agenda for their support of iPad Pros. I'll be sharing more about Agenda later on in this episode. Make sure to download Agenda for free right now. It's the app that I use to organize my life and this podcast. My thanks again to Agenda for supporting iPad Pros. On this episode, we'll be diving deeper into widgets. We are joined by Simon, the developer of Scriptable. Before we get to that interview, I asked the developer of Glimpse 2 to send in some audio sharing some information about his awesome widget first app. Glimpse 2 is an app that reminds me of the old Mac dashboard widget from Apple that let you clip out Safari web pages. This is extremely useful for me, and currently I have it set to show me the first story on MacRumors.com. But there are tons of uses of this widget first app that shows you just web clips on your widget area of the iPad or on your iPhone and really helpful. Before we get to that audio, I just wanted to encourage everyone to also check out a few more widget first apps. Sticky Widgets is another app that emulates something longtime Mac users will appreciate. It is basically the Stickies app for Mac, but in widget form on iPadOS and iOS. You add a sticky widget to your iPad and tap on the widget itself to edit the contents. You can add multiple widgets, all with different bits of info. It's a perfect use of the widget system and something now possible with iPadOS 14. The other notable app is Scriblet. To use this app, you open up Scriblet and hit New Widget. From there, you pick the size class, name the widget, choose the background color, or pick a background image. And finally, you draw whatever you want with your Apple Pencil using the standard Pencil Kit interface. It is another great example of a truly widget-first app implemented in a great way. With that, here are some more information about Glimpse 2. Hi, I'm Arno Appenzeller, an independent iOS developer from Karlsruhe, Germany. I was asked to give a little overview about my new app, Glimpse 2, uh, which I recently created for iOS 14. So maybe let's start in the beginning. The original idea for Glimpse came when iOS 8 introduced the Today View widgets. As a fan of the macOS dashboard, I immediately started to figure out what would be a good use case for this. So I think everybody knows the sticky notes or weather apps that you could have in the OS X um, dashboard. But, but this was nothing I thought I could create. So then I realized that there was the old Safari web page widget for the OS X dashboard. And I remember that I used it sometimes. and It was quite cool, I think. So I thought, okay, this, this could be something useful. This could be something that people would need. So I created Glimpse that lets let it, the user add web pages to the Today view. So the original app was a bit niche, but it had some people that liked it and used it. But I always thought that it's not the right place to have a web page 
or a web page widget on the today view. So most of the people I know didn't use the uh, widgets in today view at all. So, so personally, I had there some use apps and, and stuff, but nothing I really use regularly, even my, my own app clips. Um, so yeah, the, then when I saw the, the WWDC keynote for iOS 14, I was, I was overwhelmed. So I always thought that, that there needs to be like a new ways to customize the home screen and especially to have something like witches or interactive content on it. And then I thought, okay, wow, they are home screen widgets. And my, my first thought was, okay, is it, is it possible to bring clips there? Is it possible to have web pages on your iOS 14 home screen? And right after the, the first beta dropped, um, I started to work on Glimpse 2. And relatively uh, quickly, I realized, okay, it's, it's possible. You can have not, not uh, straightforward, but with a bit working around, you can have home screen widgets or web page widgets on iOS 14. And so, yeah, I started to work on Clips 2, and which was released not immediately, but shortly after iOS 14 launched. So basically, Glimpse 2 is a rather simple app. It doesn't have too many settings, but I try to figure out the needs for as many users as possible. So yeah, something that should be customizable is something like how often should the widgets refresh, or, or especially you can have several widgets and you can set specific web pages for one widget. So this was the, the customization side I thought of, settings I thought of. And, and what I like the most about this, uh, about Glimpse is that the user can decide what to do with it. So for example, my main use cases are like basically two. So one I wish that I wouldn't need, uh, one is to monitor the local COVID numbers uh, from the local government page. We don't have something like an app and it's like if you, if you look at the large dashboards, it's, it's well hidden. So I made a glimpse for this and another um, a bit more, more fun uh, was to man monitor my, my favorite online shop uh, for the PlayStation 5 availability. And I think that glimpse 2 made it possible that I uh, could get one for pre-order before they, before they were gone. And um, yeah, if I looked at the initial feedback for glimpse 2, I was really overwhelmed especially by the nice feedback I had on Twitter. So I released it and I dropped like just the note here it is. And it was like people saying, wow, this is cool. And let's try it out. And what really impressed me that I saw people creating custom web pages or dashboards for Glimpse and other stuff. Like I saw some people that created a Figma mirroring web page. And this was something I could never imagine when I started working on it. And this is really nice. And overall, it's, it's a really nice feeling. And one of the reasons I like creating apps. So yeah, this is Glimpse 2. And uh, this is my, my short story about it. Yeah, and I hope you enjoyed. And thanks for having me on the show. Bye. My thanks to Arno for sending in that audio. Glimpse 2 is another fantastic widget first app worth trying out. With that, as a reminder, you can support this podcast a few different ways. First off, go out and download Agenda for free right now on the App Store. 
Agenda is a fantastic app with an awesome new widget and scribble support for iPadOS 14. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review goes a long way in signaling to Apple to show this podcast more in search. Finally, you can get episodes early at patreon.com slash iPadPros. With that, here's my interview with Simon. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Simon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you're making an app that is majorly involved in this whole widget scene. So I want to have you on. Uh, before we get to that, can you just kind of reintroduce yourself for those that haven't heard you on past episodes of this podcast? Yeah, sure. My name is Simon, and uh, I'm a developer, an iOS developer. Uh, by day, I work at a at a kind of traditional agency called Shape in, in Denmark. And then by night or in my spare time, I do a lot of like my own iOS apps, kind of an, an indie developer. I put it in, in air quotes because I guess compared to real indie developers who, who make a living of this, uh, I only do it by by night and have my, my full-time job job to kind of pay the bills. Yeah. But I do these developer tools and tools for automating on, on iOS in, in my spare times. Very cool. And we'll get to those in just a little bit here. Uh, you have a lot of awesome apps. One thing I just want to dive into are widgets. They've exploded since iOS 14 has launched. And I'm just curious, are you using widgets in any cool ways? Yeah, widgets have really exploded and, and I'm using them too. Maybe like many other pe- people, I have a kind of a boring setup on my main home screen or on the first page on my home screen. I think on, on that screen, I'm a bit boring. I just have the weather the calendar, and then a few shortcuts. That's about it. Just yeah. two stacks of very small widgets so I can see how my day is looking at a glance. But then if I swipe to either of the sides, it gets a bit more interesting. Okay. What are some of your favorites on the uh, secondary screens? Or are they scriptable widgets that we'll talk about in a little bit here? Some of them, but I also have like some of the more standard widgets when I when I swipe to the left, you know, on the, the Today View. Is it still called the, the Today View? I have view? no idea what what that is now yeah I, I still use it a lot for like my my place to have widgets uh i think it's just a habit but i, I at, at some point i guess i'll drag some of them out to to other home screen pages uh, but i'm still in the in the middle of setting it all up no it's a very useful screen because that makes it easier to get to your app library by a single screen you don't need two pages to the right you can just have one page over to the right yeah and with ipad os 14 we don't have the cool widget scene there quite as much uh are there any updates to the OS that you're really enjoying? Maybe maybe this is the wrong podcast to to say this out loud, but I feel like this year wasn't the big iPad year. It wasn't. It was the Scribble year. That's what we got. We got Scribble. That was the Scribble year. We got better search, and the Siri thing is useful. Yeah, like right. The Siri with... thing is super good. So it's a lot of nice little just tweaks. Nothing big unless you're really into Scribbling, in which case that could be a substantial feature for you. Yeah, sure. I, I haven't used that so much myself yet. Um, I do use, however, the new, um, which is, I guess it's kind of related to Scribble. It's not really Scribble, but it's Apple Pencil related nonetheless. I use uh, the um, the new behavior in Notes where you can kind of draw a shape and then, you know, let the pencil rest for a half a second or so. Yeah. And then it snaps into a triangle or a square, or whatever you were drawing. Kind of like what Linear Sketch does and, and I guess and, uh, did, do. and the Newton did back in the day. Oh yeah, well yeah, <laughs> that's that's before my before I got introduced to Apple, but but yeah, yeah, the, the Newton <laughs> did that as well. As that's where they got Scribble from as well. I, I gather. Oh yeah, so big Newton Might year be. on the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean of course there's also the um, the shortcuts, which which I guess now is kind of part of the OS. It got a pretty 
nice update with the with the folders oh yes and the automatic nature of them yeah yeah okay you know, I, I always think of uh, when you when we talk about folders on uh, in shortcuts i always think about this one moment at um uh dc was it last year i think where there was this automators meetup uh, you know the automators podcast um, yeah they, they did this meetup and there was a lot of automation uh, enthusiasts at the meetup and also the shortcuts team were, were there and at the end of the meetup we uh, we were taking a group photo and someone was like oh remember to say cheese and then some person just yelled oh we could say folders and uh, the whole shortcut team was like oh no that was like a sore spot at that point folders <laughs> weren't introduced but everyone wanted them oh that's 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 great uh yeah they finally did it we got folders on yeah. shortcuts and multi-window support which is really cool oh yeah so should we dive into Scriptable? Sure, we can do that. So what is Scriptable for those that don't know what this app does? Yeah, so I guess the, the short, short sales pitch is that Scriptable is to shortcuts what Apple Script is to automate on the Mac. And maybe that's a yeah, maybe that's a bit overselling it, but I think the general idea is the same. So Scriptable is it's an automation tool that lets you write JavaScript and, and these JavaScript well, scripts can hook into different uh, system libraries like your calendar, uh, reminders, uh, photos, and so on. Short, sort of like what Shortcuts does. I mean, it also has different hooks into the system, uh, but with Scriptable, you do it in, in JavaScript. Okay. And for iOS 14, what kind of features have you taken advantage of? I know widgets is the major thing. Anything else? Widgets is, is certainly the major thing. I've, I've spent most of my summer making sure that, that, that Scriptable launches with widgets on, on day one, which, you know, that came all of a sudden. <laughs> but then I guess the other kind of main thing I've been working with this summer uh, was the new in-app intent handling uh, in iOS 14, which I guess not many users know that it's there. Like it's it's very much a developer focused feature what is it exactly yeah ex- yeah exactly so I, many many shortcuts users will probably use this every day at least in the long run so it's it's basically it lifts some of the limitations that were put on shortcuts actions so developers make these or expose these shortcuts actions in their app uh, so apps like scriptable toolbox pro and all of those have shortcuts actions and before we had our in-app intent handling so that would be on ios 12 and ios 13 these actions would run in their own little process. So that's a pretty common concept on iOS that different extension points of an app run in a in its own process. So it's not the same process as as the host app, but it's a it's another process that has its own limitations. It cannot use as much um, RAM. It doesn't get to run as long as the host app. I mean, a, an app can basically run forever or like infinitely but a, a shortcuts action process can only or an intent process it's actually called can only run for a few seconds with in-app intent handling some of these limitations were lifted so now when you run a shortcut action developers can opt to have the action run actually in the app as if it was launching the app from the the home screen but without the app being in the foreground yeah so it might sound a bit confusing but basically shortcuts actions can now run in the app uh, and thereby use more memory that have allowed apps like scriptable and another great example is toolbox pro to use more memory which is useful for all sorts of actions for example image processing Uh, image processing uh, or shortcuts actions that have kind of processed images in all sorts of ways like i don't know making making an image grayscale or putting on a watermark 
uh, have had a really hard time fitting in the, into the limitations of, of uh, these intent processes earlier. But it's, it's much, much more easier to de- develop these sorts of, of actions now that we have intent, uh, now that we have in-app intent handling. And in the past, if you couldn't fit it into the RAM, you'd have to literally open up Scriptal, then it would jump back to shortcuts, and you'd have this kind of like visual show of jumping back and forth between different apps to make this kind of feature work. Yeah, exactly. And even jumping from, I mean, jumping from shortcuts to scriptable or any other app was something that developers could kind of force an action to do. But there was no way for developers to jump back to shortcuts that was kind of up to the user. Uh, so the whole experience was, was, was really not good. And I think like in the long run, there are already some actions uh, or some apps that are taking advantage of this uh, in-app intent handling. But I think we'll see more of it in, in the long run and we'll see more powerful shortcuts actions. Um, yeah. Yeah. And with uh, shortcuts on the watch, has that been something you've uh, experimented with a uh, scriptable app for watch that would integrate with shortcuts? Is that even possible to have scriptable run on the watch and integrate with shortcuts on the watch? Is that a thing? It is possible. It's not something I've spent too much time with, uh, to be honest. Um, it kind of just works in whatever way Apple supports it uh, right now on the watch. Uh, I mean, this is very much the whole shortcuts. The developers cannot really hook into the shortcuts app on the Apple Watch. So it's it's all really on, on Apple. There's not much to be done as a developer. Hmm. I do hope, however, to one day make a scriptable app for the watch so you can actually run JavaScript on your watch. Yeah. But unfortunately, the, the, the JavaScript core framework that Scriptable uses heavily isn't available on, on watchOS uh Yet, I hope. I hope it it will be. Yeah, because I was just thinking with widgets, a lot of widgets are also complications, and that seems like a good pairing. If people are making widgets, those could also be complications, theoretically, if that kind of framework worked there. Yeah, um, I mean, theoretically, I haven't, I haven't played much around with the, with the watchOS recently, to be honest, but I know there are some similarities between widgets and the, the complications you're, you're, you're right so scriptable and widgets what is actually there what can you do with scriptables since day one on ios 14 with your app scriptable launched with a somewhat basic support for widgets i would say um it really it allowed you to do two things almost put in an image and put in a text uh, and multiple of, of either into a widget. Um, and all, all elements, all images and texts put into the widget would have to be laid out in a, in a vertical stack. So first you'd have an image and under that you could have a text and then you could have an image again and then a text or something like that. And then of course you could run all your networking calls that you would do using JavaScript and, and, and so on. Um, all of the kind of the, the basics were there, but in, in terms of, new additional widget functionality that was basically just showing images and text in a in a vertical stack that that was what how it was on, on day one the story is a bit different now uh, I'm, I'm i'm slowly adding new apis as i'm kind of seeing how how people are using it and and what they could benefit from and beyond the new apis that we'll talk about what kind of other tweaks that you made to widgets as the widget scene is all about the visual look and feel of your iOS device, really. Many of of the new APIs are really uh, that are that are coming and might be out when might be out in an, an update to Scriptable when this episode is out. I don't know, um, but many of the new APIs are kind of centered around the the visual appearance of a widget. Generally, widgets, as we are seeing it both with Scriptable but also Widget Smith, which is hugely popular as we are recording this, and other apps, is really about personalization and 
tweaking the home screen to look as you want it to. And that's kind of what I want to tap into with, with Scriptable and the new APIs. So there will be new ways to lay out these images and texts and these elements in the widget. So in addition to laying out things vertically, you can also lay out things horizontally, which might sound kind of simple, but it allows for much richer layouts, kind of like grids uh, and people are able to pull off kind of very good looking um, new widgets with this, this grid system. Uh, and then there are other small things like support for text shadows and um, these uh, SF symbols that Apple introduced. Was it last year? This icon pack of, I don't know, 2,400 different icons that, that Apple have designed and that comes in different weights and sizes and so on. So you'll also be able to use those in the widget. And all of this is really, really just provides for even more personalization and tweaking the widgets to look uh, as you want them to and to fit, I mean, right into your, your home screen. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by return sponsor Agenda, which just rolled out their iPadOS and iOS 14 update. In this quick break, I want to share what's new in their iPadOS 14 update and why I love Agenda's approach to notes. For those that want a really deep dive into Agenda, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode 48 of iPad Pros, where I spoke with Drew McCormack, the co-founder of Agenda. Agenda, if you haven't tried it out, is a great note-taking app that really thoughtfully integrates dates into your notes. If you have a meeting coming up, you can use an Agenda note to prepare for that meeting and have all of the information related to that meeting on hand. And now with their iPadOS 14 update, you can unobtrusively take notes in that meeting with full Scribble support. You can organize your notes into the main aspects of your life or job, and from those main categories, create different projects for everything you are working on. Your notes, unlike a task manager, have a few different states that is all conveyed through a single radio button. Filled in yellow indicates your task is on the agenda, where it is top of mind and shown in a special on-the-agenda view, letting you view everything important in your life from all your projects in one place, and these notes will also appear in the new widget available in iPadOS 14. A simple tap on the radio button lets you take it off the agenda or mark it done if it is a note that has a completion state you want to indicate. If you've ever tried using a task manager to take notes and were frustrated by that experience, give Agenda a try. It's the note-taking app that can actually help you stay on track with work and personal projects. Agenda's core feature set is free for everyone and provides a fantastic experience even without paying them a cent. For those that want to unlock a ton of great premium features, you can unlock all of the existing premium features plus 12 months of new premium features for a single in-app purchase. I love this approach, no subscription, just paying for a premium unlock when the developer adds features you believe is worth the price of admission. At the end of those 12 months, you keep every premium feature that was available during those 12 months. The Agenda team has to continually work to prove their worth to encourage you to unlock another 12 months of new features at the end of your year. It's an approach I really appreciate. So here's what's new for everyone with their iPadOS 14 update. Scribble support, a new widget in all three size classes for iPadOS 14, full trackpad support on the iPad, which includes the ability to two-finger swipe to open or close the side panels, complete voiceover and voice control accessibility support, support for actions, which I'll be sharing more about in a future episode, and a bunch of requested tweaks and enhancements that users have been asking for, like setting the first day of the week for your calendars. And for premium users, you can now display your tags in a more subtle way. Unorganized lists can now be shown with the dash or bullet. Checked off list items can be shown grayed out or with a strike through. 
Sample content shows how your notes will look as you change appearance preferences and some really nice enhancements to templates, which were added for premium users in May. To learn more, go to www.agenda.com. Download Agenda today for free from the App Store. My thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at agenda.com. And how have you discovered people are using the widgets? What kind of examples have you seen shared on the interwebs? People have been doing all sorts of amazing things with, with the widgets and Scriptable. Some examples include like custom weather and calendar widgets. Those, those seem to really appeal to people. Uh, and I can understand why. I mean, uh, as I said earlier, the the two main widgets that I'm using myself is the calendar and the the weather widget. So so people are, I guess a lot of people want to to customize these to kind of show the events in the, the way that they want them to in a calendar or they need some particular weather data that popular weather apps might not give them right now, um, at least not in a, in a widget. So those are, those are very popular, but people are also using it for all sorts of other crazy and amazing things. I mean, I saw this one example at one point with uh, someone who, who basically built a now playing screen are now playing widget for the Spotify app. Huh. So it was constantly monitoring the users. Uh, I believe it was the last FM yeah. account maybe. So he was scrubbing to last FM and then it would show what he was playing right now uh, with album art and the title and author and so on, which is, is something like I'm very much looking forward to that Spotify would introduce. But I guess in the meantime, I can just use the script. Uh, I think that's that's super cool. I guess an, another thing I could highlight is a, a, a totally different thing, but one thing that really blew my mind was um, this person who built a... It wasn't a script that, that created a widget, but it was a tool for creating other widgets. So these transparent widgets have become kind of popular amongst people who, who personalize their home screen. So this, this person built a script that could make transparent widgets. So th- those are the, the widgets where... There's some content, but you can see the wallpaper through. And the way that that works is basically just by showing a slice of the wallpaper in the widget. Um, and this person built a script where it would just take a screenshot of your home screen, and then it cuts out the slice where the widget would be and adds it as a as a background to a widget, so you can layer um, other elements on top of the, the of this photo, either in Scriptable, WidgetSmith, or other apps. I think that was that's just a, an amazing tool that that this person developed yeah would that not work if you're using the parallax effect when you move your phone and it kind of changes the wallpaper a little bit yeah that that that's right there are some limitations here that's also if you have this setting on where the wallpaper dims is it at night or when you're in dark mode yep then it would also look a bit weird. Unless you had, can the widget also update for dark mode? <laughs> right. I didn't think of that, but that that is actually an option. You could just take two different photos and have the widget update when you when you switch to dark mode. Yeah, that'd be a little bit more complex, but yeah, you could do it. Totally possible. So, has there been anything been truly surprising about widgets and scriptable with how users are using it? I mean, in addition to some of the examples I just mentioned, I guess the surprising part here is to me and, and I guess also the, the sense that I get on in the community through Twitter and so on is really just how, how appealing these widgets are to people. Uh, I'm not sure that anyone saw that coming, that in general people are, are very enthusiastic about widgets. Um, that, that has really taken off in a way that 
that very few features have done earlier. I mean, we've gotten shortcuts and we've gotten other things, um, like usually every year, um, there's some major selling point in the OS. Um, a few years ago, that was shortcuts. And I mean, I, I really love shortcuts and there are a lot of people who does. Yeah. But this just, just seemed to appeal to a much wider group of people that in a way that we just rarely see uh, and, and a new feature in the OS do. And I think that that's the that's that's the most surprising part here. Right in the beta cycle, it's like okay, these are cool, but yeah, I did not expect this at all. I like they they have limited uses for me. I really love the widget that just shows you apps you might want to use. That's a really cool widget. It kind of blends in with your other apps, and it's kind of handy. But yeah, all this customization and changing the colors of your iPhone and swapping out the app icons, which you could do in iOS 13. But the big difference here, I think, is the app library. So you wouldn't need to do it for every single app. You could instead just pick the apps you want to use and then hide everything else, which is, I think, the big change as far as why all these custom app icons are being a thing this year too. Yeah, that, that's a good point. The whole, the whole thing about the app library is a, is a bit interesting. The, 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 the thing that you can now kind of hide apps I mean, you've previously been able to to do that to some degree with system apps. I mean, you could delete them, but that kind of just that would kind of just hide them, anyways. To some degree, they would still be there on the system at least because that an important part to the system. But now you can just take any app and throw it away, basically, but still have it for whenever you need it. That's a, that's an, an interesting feature. I haven't really found myself using that too much. Um, have you cleaned up? Like your whole home screen and just thrown every, everything into the app library? Pretty much. I have three apps in the dock and maybe three apps on the home screen and then the widget for recommended apps and that's it. Okay. How are you finding the, the recommended the, the recommended apps in the widget? Is it is it good enough? Oh, they're fantastic. It is amazing. I could probably just go with that and be happy. <laughs> uh, on bigger screened iPhones, you can even have multiple apps widgets stacked or not stacked but um two on the same screen and it will be different apps it'll know hey there's two of these let me just auto populate 16 apps instead of eight yeah (laughs) that's a really cool feature i just i I haven't really played too much around with it yet i get i just fear that it would I would not suggest the apps that I really wanted it to. Well, it's smart about here's recent apps, here's apps you use at this around the same time that you have been doing this. So it's a good combination of I just opened this app via search maybe and now it's going to stick around for a while or I got a notification that Relay.fm went live. So it's going to show that app there in the recommended apps. Uh, so it's smart about you know using notifications and it it seems to match what I need most of the time. Ah, okay. So do you think like uh, I'm I'm just really curious about this now since you, you you've been using it. Um, do you think like if if you have a messaging app like Slack, then it could kind of hide it, but only show it if there were new messages or something like that? Is that the way it would work? I think that yeah. could be a thing it does. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should try it out. Yeah, I would definitely give it a shot. See what you think of it. Yeah. In general, I rely on search a lot, but these days I'm able to just use that recommended thing and it tends to populate the ones I use or need to use. Okay. I really need to try that out. So for those that have limited scripting knowledge, uh, where do you recommend people go to get started writing their own widgets? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are, like, if you if you want to learn scripting, there are, or JavaScript, there are websites and, and even apps that can help you do that. Um, I usually recommend Codecademy, but I think, in order to to set up a widget, uh, you don't really need that much 
that much um, knowledge about programming and scripting in general. Of course, you do need your script, but there are a lot of examples of of scriptable scripts that make widgets out there already now. Um, there's a, a pretty active thread on the Automators forum where people have shared, uh, I mean, a lot of different um, different widgets. Uh, and my 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 guess is that you would be able to find something in there that either fits your needs exactly, like if you want a a custom calendar um, calendar widget, then there are a few examples of that in there, uh, photo widgets and so on. And then, I mean, I think if you if if you're there, then you can. Uh, then you, then you can kind of tweak it to your needs by just reading the, through the script a bit and changing a color here and there. Um, I think that that's how I would get started. Um, yeah, that is a great forum. Uh, in the past, I've had some struggles with shortcuts, and I described what I wanted, and someone spent the time and built me a lovely, very complex shortcut free of charge. It's a great community that if you have a need, you can almost like ask and someone might build it for you yeah definitely people are, are really kind in there and it, it's also like it's it's also a pretty active forum um so if you ask some ask a question in there that's a, there's a pretty good chance that you'll get an answer um i mean I'm, I'm just mentioning that because i think uh i mean it's it's 2020 and i've when you've searched the web i mean often you stumble up, uh, upon a forum but it, it looks pretty inactive um I don't think forums are as, as hot as they used to be, but but this one is. <laughs> so you mentioned APIs with your widgets. What apps and services can your widget tap into? Like I know Photos is an example where you can display a certain photo. Uh, that's something Widgetsmith does as well. But what kind of <laughs> data and information can you populate into your widgets? So widgets in Scriptable can do almost anything that other scripts and scriptable can do um so that is access your calendar your reminders contacts uh photos and what have we of course there are things that it, it it can't do i mean scriptable also has apis for presenting alerts or document pickers and things like that i mean i think it's pretty obvious that that those won't work in the won't work in a widget for, i mean for two reasons that's the whole user experience part of it and then there's also the technical part where widgets are kind of a snapshot of data that gets rendered over and over again um yeah so that there are a lot of different reasons that that won't work but um you have access to your photos and you even have access to all the files on your disk through apis and scriptable and with the files is there a quick look thing where you could have a file quick looked as a widget yes and no you would have to you would have to kind of make that quick look yourself. So if you, okay. for example, if you had a, a text file on image, you would be able to show that. Or if you had some JSON or something like that, then you could pull it out and show it. Um, but if, if you had like a, a whole PDF that you wanted to quick look to in some way, then it gets a bit tricky. Um, then you could do something where when you tap the widget, it would open the file, but then it's really just a shortcut to viewing the file. Um, all that said, I should mention you, you asked about some some examples of kind of cool things that people have done with with the widgets in Scriptable earlier. I should I should probably mention that there was some person who kind of figured out a way to render a whole website in a widget using Scriptable's WebView API, and I have no idea how that works honestly, but but it it seems to. 
Uh, and I guess maybe you can use that in some way to render things that I haven't thought of yet. Yeah, next year when we get interactive widgets, right, you'll be able to play a video right on your home screen through Scriptable, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. I would really love if they uh, added more interactive widgets next year. Um, kind of kind of seems like they, they almost have to since they the previous widgets were interactive and now they, they've kind of taken that away from us. It's always difficult to to take away features from people, right? Right, yeah. And the apps and the widgets do open up the app associated with it. So when you tap on your widget, it's going to open scriptable. So part of programming it, I guess, would also be having something useful when you tap on it to to do with that, right? Yeah. So that's actually a, a pretty interesting feature uh, slash limitation of widgets. Um, when you tap on, on a widget, uh, either the, the if the whole widget is kind of tappable uh, or if uh, elements in the in the widget is is interactive uh, and this goes for both scriptable and and any other widgets uh, maybe with the exception of of apple's own widgets they can only open a, a url and, and that url has to be like a, a url scheme uh, or a, in some way a url that belongs to to the host app uh, so in Scriptable's case, it would need to be a URL that opens Scriptable. And then in turn, Scriptable can do whatever it wants to. It can redirect to any other app or, or website or what do I know. But that, that is a, a limitation that is there right now. Okay. So it has to initially open up in Scriptable and then you can have a different URL that kind of points you where you actually want to go. Yeah, exactly. So it does that whole, whole dance between different widgets, uh, sorry, between different apps. And... I saw on Twitter you're mentioning about the refresh time of widgets, and that's something that's not super fast, but something you could perhaps slow down if you just want an hourly update or something like that. What's kind of the story with timing on widgets? Yeah, so a, a, a bit of context here is that um, without going too much into the the nitty gritty detail, then the way that widgets actually work from a from a technical point of view is that you build them up in in Swift UI. So in, in in some sense, there widgets are data, uh, and the OS will take a snapshot of that data, almost like an, an image of the widget, not a JPEG or a PNG, but an, an image of, of the underlying data, and then it can render it at any time. So kind of your widget gets cached on the system, and then when you open your iPhone, it can render it super fast. Um, so when you look at a widget, it doesn't necessarily refresh every time you look at it. There are... Um, mechanisms for developers to specify how often a widget should refresh but even if you specify say every uh, every minute you want your widget to refresh every minute the system might not um, do it at exactly every minute it, it depends on all, all sorts of things like i think um, if you're running low on battery or what do i know then it will kind of slow slow down the updates a bit and then there are different mechanisms where developers can force a widget to uh, update through uh, maybe the the app uh, so if if you're like a calendar app uh, and you have a widget that shows your upcoming events and you just add a, a new event that will start in five minutes, well, then the app can, can tell the widget to update and display this new event. Um, so there are different mechanisms that developers can use to, to refresh widgets. It is to some degree controlled by the system how often they refresh. Um, so... For example, Scriptable's widget, uh, I believe I tell it to update every five minutes, which seems pretty often, but I found that that, that works pretty good for many of my users. Mm -hmm. uh, and refreshing it more often, actually, it won't really work. I, I, I did some experiments the other day where I tried to set it down to one minute, and in reality, it would maybe update every every two or three minutes. But some users have asked for ways to um, update the widget 
more like infrequently. Like sometimes you only want your widget to be updated once a day. Yeah. Then there's not really any reason that your script runs runs every five minutes, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very so cool. those are kind of the. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so those are kind of the the limitations around updating updating widgets and yeah. Okay. So I, I think I lost my train of thought. No, no. Yeah, that all makes sense. And yeah, I understand the limitations there. Just as watch complications are not super fast in updating. The widgets also kind of have that limitation. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. We basically have complications on the uh, <laughs> the iPhone and iPad now. Yeah. Bigger ones, which are nice. Uh, <laughs> so Scriptle is out and updated for iOS 14. And your other apps, there wasn't any big iOS 14 stuff in the OS itself to take advantage of, right? Are those just kind of... For DataJar, there wasn't anything like in particular that I wanted to do for for day one at least, for the, the launch of iOS uh, 14. But maybe down the road, I'll, I'll add some some tweaks here and there. I am, however, working on a on a pretty big update to JSON, uh, which is this JSON document viewer um, that's going to take advantage of a lot of the new uh, UI elements in iOS 14 on both iOS, iPad, and and actually, hopefully in particular, the new things in in Catalyst on the Mac. Oh, very cool. And then where can people find more information about Scriptable and all of your other fantastic apps? I think the best place is, is probably on Twitter where I'm, I'm at Simon BS. Uh, and if you don't want to listen to me kind of rambling on and complaining about broken Apple APIs or something like that, then there's also at Scriptable app where I'm, I'm just mostly post cool widgets these days uh, to, as, as inspiration to others. Very cool. Well, thank you, Simon, for your time today. It's been great learning more about Scriptable and this widget scene that's kind of going crazy right now. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was that was fun. Well, that was my interview with Simon. Thanks to Simon for his time recording this interview, and thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in to this week's episode of iPad Pros. My thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring iPad Pros. Go to www.agenda.com to learn more about their awesome app and download the app today for free on the App Store. With that... I'll talk to everyone again real soon.